Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. I hope that things are well in your world. You can always visit us online, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, pathtozion.com or on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel there. Um, I don't know where you are in the world or where you are in the United States should you be in the nation that I am within. It is very cold here. Fall has seemingly gone and winter has arrived. It's snowy. It's about 20 degrees and I'm driving out to work. I'm uh, not super motivated and hopefully I'll find somewhere warm to go today. That is the plan. And along the way, I've just been doing some communing, communing, communicating, some talking to my father. Um, and basically, here's where I've landed, landed today, early in the day. What do we do with what we read in the Bible? Why do we read the Bible? Why do we study? To show ourselves approved? Well, hopefully. But why do we study to show ourselves approved? Why do we investigate the written word of Yahweh Elohim? Why? Why do you do that? If in fact you do. Maybe we should start with the question, do you read, and not merely just read, but do you study? Do you dig out the eternal written scriptures of God? And I just want to talk about that for a few minutes. Before we do that, though, I do want to let you know there's several studies that are continually ongoing that I need to record. I'm, I'm trying to hold out for... A block of time to do some more video teachings um, to land on the YouTube channel. I'm working on one right now that I will um, in in very small increment whet your appetite towards. I've been studying um, the account in Genesis, it's either 26 or 28, um, about Isaac redigging the wells of his father. And some of the ongoings there, it's very interesting. Uh, um, a week or two ago, it was in the Torah portion. And so we landed there. I don't know. I lose track of time. Time goes so quickly. And so, man, it just started causing me to ask some questions. That as I began to use scriptures that followed... I feel like I began to get some answers towards what I was feeling as I was reading. And then as I began to study into it some more. And I, uh, I'm trying to compile it all down. It's multiple pages. I'm trying to get it condensed down to, to be a recording that will probably be two parts. I do believe that anyone who might give themselves to listen to it, although you probably won't like it, um, I believe it will be beneficial for anyone who would actually give ear to it. And so, be on the lookout for that. I'm hoping to get that done this week. I just don't know, man. One day turns into a week, turns into a month right now. I don't understand it. So, whatever the case, stay tuned, stay close, and be watching for um, a, a multi-part series 
talking about the latter chapters of Genesis when Isaac is, is going through these lands and trying to reclaim, if you will, the wells of his father Abraham. It's very intriguing, and, it, and as is usually the case, it sounds nothing like what I've been taught my whole life. Um, I've always been taught that, that account through a very favorable light and a very just encouraging, you know, this is what this means approach. And I'm in no way going to try to obliterate that and, and completely replace it, but I believe there is something within it that, that in my lifetime, I don't remember anyone explaining to me. It's perhaps been overlooked. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about finishing that and getting that recorded. And, and here we are again. This, that right there was a good unexpected segue into what I'd like to talk about this morning. Um, as I just alluded to before I gave you a little bit of a preview of what we're working on, why, why do we study the Word of God? Now, yesterday I met a man um, who's, who's coming out to our farm to do some work, and I don't know, I just it's one of these connections that I just wonder what the Father's doing. Um, if different things in the natural had gone another way, I never would have met this individual. Um, honestly, if things had gone the way I wanted them to go with some work being done earlier in the year instead of being prolonged and pushed off to now here at the end of the year, I wouldn't have met this man. And so my interest has peaked. We spent the majority of the morning together yesterday and, you know, we're doing, we're working on drawing out some plans for some work on our farm. But throughout the entire several hours of our time together, we talked about differing spiritual matters. And in this age, in this hour, anyone who wants to talk about more than politics or church attendance or just grumble about the condition of the world, they have my complete attention because it's uncommon right now. Even most Christians that I know, they want to talk about ballots and recounts and the latest prophetic word from the false prophet. I mean, I'm just being honest. This guy wasn't anywhere on the map with that stuff, and it was very refreshing. And so we had a very good dialogue ongoing as we walked our property in the snow. It was a very unique day. And one of the things that he was talking about with me that, that kind of spurred even leading into my prayer time this morning driving out is the the mysterious nature of the Bible. Our, our whiteboard teaching verse uh, yesterday morning was the, the unique fact that we're told that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, the literal Word put on humanity and lived alongside us. <laughs> and so there's some, there's multiple layers of course to this mystery but just at the at the surface level what in the world are we talking about when we sit down and open a book that is what we call the Bible now of course if you listen to the program with any kind of regularity we talk to unending measure about how there should be no Split no division between what we have deemed Old Testament and New. We've really butchered the continuity of the written word by 
dividing it up into like past tense, present tense. Um, because what's happened is through all the translations into English and the mindsets therein, we're divorced from the Old Testament reality. We think it has nothing to do with us, that we are just somehow the Acts Church and everything else previous to that is merely his historical. Even though Yeshua and all the disciples taught the capital S scriptures, <laughs> which were what? What we call the Old Testament. That was the scriptures. That's what the, the, the first, second, third century church became the church according to. Not just merely the 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 messianic arrival, if you will, not merely just the God-man Emmanuel um, event, but everything that preceded it up to that point, which was everything from Genesis 1, the fall, the flood, the Tower of Babel, the, the origin of the people of God through this this faith-filled man, Abraham, and the ups and downs of, of Yahweh God's people. And this in no way ended and then began with some, some birth, if you will, of the church. And, and of course, this was my thinking for most all of my life, up until this, this year, really, the end of last year, about a year ago, starting to redefine my understanding of what the church even is and that I had to face that I had I had something postured in my heart that was established very firmly that believed that the church started in the upper room reality, the birth of the church. But that's just not really biblically accurate whatsoever. Um, God is a God of times and seasons and epochs and set events, of course, always, yes. But he's not, he's not a a closer of everything that was before in order to do something entirely new. Now, this is where we don't even have time to crack this open today about the, the mysterious writings within Hebrews of a new and better covenant or a new and living way and all these types of things. There's, man, man, I, I, don't, have, I don't have eight hours to begin to start on page one of that thinking. But there's, there's many things. Can we just not honestly say we're just very unlearned? Even the most learned of us, myself removed. Man, we just don't know much, and we've not understood things rightly. And we have to just be able to admit that. There's a lot of things we've been taught and that we've inherited that are not just, that's just not real. It's not true. It may be real and true to us, but it's still full of fault, and we've just been taught doctrine that has divorced itself from the Jewish mindset and the eternal Israel, people of God, identifiable, chosen nation, royal priesthood reality. We just have not been handed that, especially here in America. We've not been taught that. We've been taught Christian American church. I mean, we have. Even the most, most removed from the religious system that, that people believe they are, no, we're not. We're, we still have been indoctrinated and still down in there. It's just a matter of how deep have we gone to uproot these doctrines that we cling to with our dying breath. 
But to get back on topic, this gentleman and I, we were talking, we came inside for a while because, again, it was sub-freezing and snowing, and we, we walked the, the length of our property for hours. So we had to tally some numbers and write some things down. So I said, well, let's just go inside, make some coffee. So we went in and sat down in the warm house, and, you know, I got, he got to meet my wife, and, um, you know, we just sat and talked for a little bit as we went through these numbers. And One of the things we talked about was just the mysterious function of the Bible. Now, we have a little bit different perspectives, but I think I understand what he was saying when he said, in summary, I just really believe that, like, you can read a verse and it means this, and you can read a verse, or then I can read a verse, rather, and it means this. And that's kind of how the Bible works, is you might read, you know, John chapter 1, verse 8, and this is what it says to you, and I can read chapter 1, verse 8 of John, and it says this to me. Now, I understand what he's saying. Now, now there, there does need a bit of clarification, whereas... You know, I don't believe the Bible is open for just multiple interpretation where we we allow it to say whatever fits what we think it is. But I think in measure I know what he's saying, which is, and this I do agree with wholeheartedly, is like this stuff I'm studying right now in the latter chapters of Genesis, I've been taught one principle most of my life and just sermon logs that are in my in my memory that the, the account of Isaac going and reclaiming, if you will, the, the wells of his father meant this. And so that's what's in the library of my, of my doctrine, of my understanding, of my, just we'll use a big word, of my training, my upbringing, what I've been taught. But now, and now when I read it and study it for myself, it doesn't mean that what I've been taught is necessarily in its entirety completely false, but I've got very many differing views of the same text now than just merely that. And I think, I think it's safe to say that we can read the Bible and have varying approaches, layers, and understandings towards the same text. Yes. Now, we do have to hold that rightly and be careful that we don't allow that to creep in to become, again, free interpretation where... We entirely miss the author's intent, the writer's purpose. Because one, one guy that I listen to with some regularity that's just an awesome teacher of ancient biblical texts and an Old Testament understanding, he says with great regularity, we have got to constantly remember and filter. Every time we read the Word of God, we have to remember that although this was written for us, it was not written to us. And I think that would do many modern-day Christians, especially myself in my late 40s and those younger than me, younger generations, to realize this truth, that the Bible was not written to us. And so it is from a, an approach, an understanding, that we have got to climb into the skin of the writer and the listener of the time period of which it was being given. Now, I heard, I heard something this, this week a couple days ago um, I was processing some deer sitting at my kitchen table and I had a video going some headphones on while my wife and son were doing homeschool in the other room and I'm I'm quartering up some deer um, and getting it prepped for our freezer awesome day doing some learning some some 
listening and watching of some teachings. And they were talking about this topic, this topic, interestingly enough. And they made a very good point that I just want to, I want to share because I'm thinking of it right now. It's a perfect depiction. And so they live in Jacksonville, Florida, these men that were talking. And so they were talking about the importance of context. Now we've all heard that word if we've been in the church very long, but I mean like really understanding the layers of what that means, of reading the Bible according to context in light of who it was written to. Like who wrote it and who it was written to and how they would have understand certain nuances. They would have understood little, little words and sentences and phrases that would have connected them to previous biblical texts. <laughs> Excuse me. And so they said this perfect example. So they were talking about, you know, if someone um, a thousand years from now picked up a newspaper from today and read something about the Jaguars um, playing against the Dolphins. Of course, now we would know today in our current culture and context, well, that's a football game. Now, I'm not a proponent of sports and all this stuff. I don't watch sports, but I'm just being clear. I'm using this as an example, but I like to make that known because I believe there's great value in that. And to be completely honest, I will watch college basketball. I don't want to be a liar or a, or a, a hypocrite. I do like college basketball. So I'll be honest and, and fair. I'm not a sports guy anymore anyway. And so basically what they were saying was if you, again, a thousand years from now, what read uh, an article about the, the Jaguars fighting the Dolphins and, man, it was, it was back and forth the entire battle. And at the end, you know, the Dolphins won the, the game, the, the battle, you know, and were victorious in the end. Now, now, if there's no more football in a thousand years and you have no idea about the historical context of the NFL, you would read that and you would you would think if you only knew animals, what in the world was going on? Dolphins are fighting jaguars and the dolphins won? <laughs> I'm elaborating and giving my own version of this story to make it more applicable. But do you understand what what we're saying? Now now in a thousand years from now would those people by presumption reading that the Dolphins defeated the Jaguars in an epic battle that went all the way down to the end in the Coliseum and shouting people, wouldn't you think that was very strange? But in your own understanding, in your present moment thinking, a thousand years removed from the actual event and NFL is no longer and doesn't even exist as far as you know, you don't even know the history of it, well... I don't understand that, but I guess the Dolphins somehow fought the Jaguars and the Dolphins won. Okay. And you, therefore, from that point on, you have an understanding of a historical event, an account where a whole bunch of Dolphins somehow came out of the water and fought in a coliseum with, you know, a whole, a whole group of Jaguars and the Dolphins won. The dolphins were victorious. You understand what I'm saying? And this, in a very juvenile explanation way, is how we often tap, tackle Scripture today. In 2020, in our arrogance, in our pride, in our boastfulness, and or maybe just in our ignorance in, in 
by true definition. We're just uninformed. We don't even know what we're doing. And then this goes on our, this really settles on the shoulders of our fathers and our grandfathers and our, and our forefathers who have led us here. And the lack of spiritual fathers and, and no one to really rightly teach us how to do these things, how to study, how to understand context. Do you understand what I'm saying? So first and foremost, before we move any further, may we now, the younger generation, step it up. Fill the holes of those who have gone before us. Train our children. Train our grandchildren. Now, today, train our neighbors. Train, disciple anyone who's willing. Like, stop our lives and disciple other men. Other young men. Other children. And so with that in mind, I think that's a good depiction. A good Again, just very simple yet kind of profound way of showing, man, when we read the scriptures today, we had better be careful we understand the context of wh- in which it was written. We've got to understand it or we will read it with the same kind of foolish approach as the, as the dolphins defeating the jaguars 1,000 years from now understanding. Con- and entirely off, completely off. Completely missing anything at all of what happened, right? Why? Just ignorant, uneducated. We don't know context. And so, what am I talking about today in its fullest? Understand what you're reading and why. Give yourself to it. Study. I need to study so much more than I do. I need to read more. I need to block off more time. I continually say this to convict my own heart. I need to get up earlier and go to bed later studying to show myself approved. And not just reading through my own understanding, not just reading a text and saying, oh yeah, I know who needs to hear this, which I, it, I'll be honest, I often still do. And I have, to, I have to very, very strategically and purposely say, no, Father, I want to, this is what I did this morning and I'll bring this to a close. This morning specifically, I started, I didn't start, I continued this study of Isaac and the Wells, and I kept finding myself thinking about, I'm just being honest, of individuals that need to hear this. Individuals that I personally know that need to hear this message. I'm just being honest. And so as I'm doing this study today, that would keep popping in my mind. Now, there is a a heavy dose of Father, open their eyes. Help them to see God. If this is for them, help them to see. But there is also this. They don't know this and they need to know it. In me. It is there. I have to lord over it. I have to continue to to run it off and be a humble servant and and rightful holder of the eternal word of God. In humility. I'm, I'm a mere servant of the Father. I'm not his... I'm not his sword wielder. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be a facilitator of moving someone from A to B. I'm still working on that. But in my prayer time this morning, before turning this on, again, we'll bring this to a close, I was just saying, God, when I read a scripture, when I read a text, when you show me anything in your word that I feel like is like, oh my gosh, this, this is some heavy stuff. This is some substance. I want to, and this is the image I had in my head, I want to clothe myself in it first. I want to wrap this truth, this revelation, this this 
shift in understanding towards the scripture, I want to wrap myself in it first before I put it on somebody else. Before I think of someone else and how, how John over here needs to hear this message, I need to hear it. I need to, I need to put it on. I need to wear it for a while. I need to look inward, examine myself, examine my own heart, examine, 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 self, self, self. This is where we need to be selfish, is in self-examination, self-scrutiny, self-assessment. We need to. We must. So when you read the Word of God today, when you read it this morning, when you read it on your lunch break, and when you read it before you lie down tonight, and when you can't sleep and you wake up in the night and you read it, instead of scrolling Facebook, you read the Word and study and pray, when you do that, friend, just do it a little bit more soberly than maybe you did this morning or yesterday or last week. Number one, don't let your Bible sit on your dashboard, man. I've detailed cars for, for 25 years now. I can't tell you how many I see on dashboards and in trunks. Grieves my heart. Study. Read. In faith now, in faith and expectation that God is going to teach us and train us His ways that are written therein for our good, that we are entering a season. We are now there, but we're entering a season where, man, it's going to be the only absolute black and white truth to be found. I'm convinced. We need to be established and rooted. And how do we do that, man? The Word became flesh and He dwelled among us. <laughs> the Word clothed Himself in humanity and lived with us. Incredible. So be encouraged today. Sit down and ask these hard questions. That's what I want to live and exist to do and to be is to be a guy who says, why do we do the things we do? We must know. We must know, and I believe we can, but it's going to take more of us. It's going to take more time, more effort, more attention, more devotion, more single-mindedness, man. Continue. I'm going to say this every time. Continue to turn off your television. Continue to stop scrolling news. Continue to stop being so immersed in the kingdoms of men that are passing away. And if we don't get that, friend, the church is going down. Holy cow, she's not doing well. We're going to talk about that soon too, but it's not going to be right now. Thank you for listening. This is the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Send us an email, pathtozion.com podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Amen.